Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the D Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as the Hoopster. I'm so happy to have hit this mini milestone. This is season two, episode five, 50 overall. And to celebrate, we have the Super Bowl to recap. I'm here with two of my dogs, that being Terrell, Mr. Talk That Talk, and my guy Shiv. So we're going casual, diehard style through the big game and through what was a hot and cold, mostly cold NBA trade deadline. But we're projecting what these teams are going to look like to finish for the rest of the season. So you want to hear that conversation. Enjoy the pod. Leave us a review. Do your homework, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I ask is that you leave the pod a review. Honest review. Your feedback's always appreciated. Helps us beat the algorithms. Thank you so much for listening and being with us on this journey. If this is your first episode, if this is your 50th episode, you are appreciated. And just know we're going to keep on rocking. So without further ado, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some football. Let's do it all. Gentlemen, gentlemen, before we jump right on into the pod and whatever we want to talk to, talk about, I just want y'all to know this is a, this one, this is a, this is a big deal. This is episode 50 of the The Hoop University podcast. 50 of them things. You know, golf clap. Golf clap, for sure. I appreciate it. But uh, I'm here with two of my dogs, appropriately. And for the first time as a three-man weave. And we're going to see who, who's dropping the ball, who, who's not who's not connecting. Who, Shiv's going to be, you know, running way too wide. Like, bro, bring it in some. You know what I mean? But I got Shiv here. And I got Terrell here. And it's plenty to talk about. But before we do that, let's get some shout outs in off the top of the pod. It's how we take roll. Um, and Shiv, I will let you go first. Um, shout out to shout out to Rashi Rice, by the way. Arguably the most impactful rookie receiver this year. Question mark. He had a big game. He he had a couple like big there was like that stretch in the first half where they had like absolutely nothing going and they just started handing him the ball off too. Cause like they were just trying to see what sticks. Um, and then down the stretch, I think it was an OT on like a third down. He caught a pass that kind of brought him into the red zone. So I'm, I'm going to shout him out. Um, and I'm going to shout out to uh, Spotify for delaying me listening to vultures. Cause that shit was garbage. I'm not listening to it. So shout out to Spotify. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Rasheed Rice. I definitely invested in him in fantasy this year. You know what I'm saying? I, your point stands outside of uh, Jordan Addison, uh, who you, you can't really compare can't when, when one person's in the Super Bowl uh, in terms of being impactful and the void that he definitely stepped up into. guess we're going to get into the Super Bowl pretty quickly. T-Man, shout outs, bruh. Uh. Definitely got a shot at the city of Las Vegas. I think that that only makes sense. Uh, played host to the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of events, as you kind of could expect. Vegas already has a lot of events. It's kind of hard to believe it. 
it could have a, a whole slew of, of, of different events. But uh, shout out to the NFL. Shout out to Las Vegas for sure. Um, shout out to McCole Hardman for not knowing that he that his touchdown catch was actually the game with a touchdown catch. Um, I I don't know. I, I just feel like all of those things, especially with the 49ers not knowing the OT rules, like it just seems so Vegas. I know it, it's happened in other playoff games before. It's just so fitting it, that things like that happen in Vegas. But again, um, those are probably my two shout outs. But yeah, man, McCall, you you're going down in history. Yeah, man. I think he even called. I didn't watch the clip, but they said that he told his Jets locker room, we're going to win the Super Bowl over the 49ers. And he was right, except he was talking to the wrong team. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Hey, Shout man, out. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't, man. You really can't. Uh, my shout out, man. This is 50. And... You know, shout out to some of the big inspo, but shout out to Beam, man. We got the statue, bruh. My guy, Kobe, has the statue outside of crypto slash staples. And I don't want to hear anybody talking about the statue. That thing is, is that bronze structure is not going anywhere. You know what I mean? And we, we will come to, for one, whenever, whether it's a Hall of Fame bust, whether it's a statue, I don't know how there many things are enshrined like that. They always look a little funny when you first see it. Like it's never a spitting image of, especially like facial features. Some, you know, that I'm sure there's exceptions. Um, Ed Reed's Hall of Fame bus is unbelievable. Hmm, that's not coming to mind off the top, but I'm gonna have to check it out. And there's so many that I'm not aware of, so. But yeah, man, Kobe has one, the first uh, of multiple to come. And that's dope, man. That is going to be a landmark. I, I can't wait to get my, to flick up in front of it one time. But shout out to Bean, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, fellas, let's let's talk about this this past week. Really quick, really quick, if you Go don't ahead. mind, if you don't, before you move on from the, from the statue, um, how dope is it? Because I, I could tell, obviously, from the unveiling, I was all the way here in Vegas, but uh, shout out to Ben Goliver from the Washington Post. Shout out to David Miniman from ESPN. They covered it from a, a different uh, perspective, and that perspective was actually right in front. And the first thing I noticed right away was it's going to be very, very hard to actually touch that Kobe statue. That thing is on a black mantle, and then that thing is on a gold mantle, and then that thing is on another man. So yeah, so they 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 understood the, the 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 type of effect that this would have for the city and the mobs that that's gonna create. So if you kind of do, I haven't even seen it in person yet, but when you do, when we do go see it, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be looking up at that thing. It's 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 gonna be a little different. Oh man, it's gonna be heavy, dude. But it, for all the right reasons, you know, and it just it's a proper way to memorialize the Mamba and set the tone you know when you walk into that arena when you get to that arena add it to the legends that's out there next to magic Shaq in the back and we got a hook shot up there too i think so we I do we so. got cap up there we got chick hearn up there we got wayne gretzky Jax. up there yeah man that's worth the trip you know i got actually a, a little bit mini vacation uh days off i'll say 
uh, already in the can. When I'm in the city, we're going to have to touch down and see that. That That is worth the trip. It's going to be hard to believe still, bro. I already know. But I'm glad sure. that it's there. Sure. Time flies. And, uh, yeah, bro. The Super Bowl is in the books. 58 in Las Vegas, the first one to come to Sin City. First of all, shit, uh, Terrell, you can speak more on it because you were in person for a lot. I feel like everybody, the media, the athletes, the fans, locals who had to work it, locals who got to enjoy the events that were around town, who didn't, I know it was a pain. Traffic was nasty. We've been, you know, dealing with this for a long time, getting ready for it. And it feel like it all kind of kicked it, accelerated in, in the last couple of weeks. But it seemed like everybody enjoyed themselves. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to to see a person who, who didn't, to be honest with you. Uh, and to be kind of completely frank, you kind of already touched on it. We're here in Vegas. There's only so many roads we can take. The traffic was probably the worst thing. Like that's and, and parking, I guess. But that's kind of like that. That's kind of hand in hand. But yeah, man, you kind of talked about it from what is that Monday from the fifth to today, still even with the winning team's press conference. Um, it's it, it's one of those things to where, like you kind of said before, it's the first one for Sin City. It, it's one of those things that I think everybody's going to be able to look back on. I wasn't here in 2007 when this city hosted all-star weekend but right there's obviously some opinions on that and now, that one's down people, in the books <laughs> yeah absolutely as it should be but I, i've heard some stories but i, I feel like that I, I said it i say it all the time i feel like just from the stories that i've heard and obviously me being here for the last almost seven years now um it, it's one of those things to where you watch the city grow and if you know some of those stories from 2007 with the All-Star Game, Vegas didn't think it was ready. And it took a while before it hit. And I think it's going to be the same situation with this one. It's going to probably hit maybe Thursday, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we're going to be able to look back and say, hey, not only did we host that, we did that. So Vegas played to be a, pu- a beautiful host. Um, as you kind of said, everything pretty much went off without a hitch. Uh, we hope that no stories break on this Monday and this Tuesday, right? But Vegas appeared to to to, to play the perfect background for one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. Bro, who you telling though, man? We it, it went off without a hitch. We I can sneak one more shout out because we close to the top. Shout out to Kevin McMahill. That is the sheriff of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. I like McMahill. He don't play none of that. <laughs> he took over. <laughs> for uh the previous sheriff became the governor last year okay. and um th- this new guy he is a hands-on hip at the press conference now nah, hey, i dare one of y'all to try that somebody <laughs> climbed the sphere his ass is in court all right <laughs> try us <laughs> that's awesome and like you said see nah, it went smooth it definitely went smooth and everybody it felt like it was just like the reaction of those who were in town we're like, yo, this is a no-brainer, dude. Like, from NFL honors over at Resorts World to the NFL, the Super Bowl experience at Mandalay Bay, a bridge walk across from Legion Stadium. We watched the Legion Stadium be built 
it took a couple years, but it literally feels like the time lapse of, I don't know, one day they, they finished it. They finished it, you know. I was a tourist host and lucky to be a part of the first wave of folks that were inside Elysian Stadium, knew it in and out, and knew that, yeah, that thing is a, that venue is a, it's a work of art. It's cozy inside. It's got luxury features. And the only knock on it is that it doesn't fit 80,000 people. But hey, quality over quantity, I suppose. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're not buying them $8,000 tickets yet. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, Allegiant is, uh, Allegiant is beautiful. And you kind of just talked about it. Allegiant, um, this is what the goal was, right? This is what the goal was to host events like this. Now, Vegas you talked did to this, Mark right? Davis. I did. I did. I talked to Mark, and and one of those things that we kind of talked about was watching his investment and kind of his dream kind of come to fruition. And he, he, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter, but he was all smiles and he was pretty honest. And he was like, I mean, I think I'm just starting to feel it. And this was that opening night. And what I thought was really dope about the way Mark did it. Uh, he entered through the media entrance, or at least that's where he was kind of hovering. And you, if you watch from afar, you kind of look and you watch Mark kind of look around and he slow, slowly scanned the rafters of Allegiant Stadium. And that's when I kind of hopped over there. And I think I got to him before anybody else did. And that's why my first question was like, I need to know your reaction. And I believe that was probably as raw of an answer as we're ever going to get from Mark Davis. He was probably looking around while he was answering. But the Final Four is coming here. Like, the the college football playoff national championship is coming here. Like, so Vegas will have continued opportunity. And on top of that, actually, the NFL came out and said that Vegas is now in the constant rotation of Super Bowls. So there will be Miami. There will be Tampa. There will be Vegas. So, yeah. WrestleMania? Knock knock. Thought that would happen at the thought the announcement would be made at the presser, but as of now, there's no destination set for WrestleMania 41. I've been saying it to my guys. Rock and Roman Reigns has to happen at the right venue. That that, that can't happen in Minneapolis. I'm sorry, I love it. that that stadium in Minnesota is fantastic. That thing is great. They, they got the window. It's translucent. It's it's enclosed for the conditions. It's a work of art. Can't do rock and Roman in Minnesota. <laughs> Shout out to Sam Gordon. That's funny. That's his turf. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's not gonna <laughs> like that. Hey, I'm sorry. Y'all can get the Super Bowl one of these years too. You know what I mean? Shit, what's happening, bro? Let's let's pivot to the game because let me take the back seat right now. I- I'll chime in where need be because as soon as the odds popped up, I said, Y'all, I- I'm rolling with. Kansas City, Shiv, we set this on the pod, episode one of season two. I said, I am going to take them every week of the playoffs because they do this in as many words. And week in and week out, they kept making them underdogs. It's yeah. like, bro, y'all better knock it off. For record, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are now 12-3 and three as underdogs against the spread postseason and play, postseason and regular season. And they did it again, you know. So I, I felt, you know, like my vindicated because my gut was right beyond the X's and O's. And as we break down the game, those moments where I want to chime in, I'll I'll chime in. But I, I'm back I'm taking a back seat because I worked the overnight shift, bro. I was knocked. 
I can't hold you. Cannot hold you. I feel so mad. As I got to work this morning, last night, relative, you know, I got to break it down, but at like 11 midnight last night, as we're doing the recap and everybody's still trickling in with their credentials and orange vests from the field. I had mad FOMO because I'm like, dog, I was snoozing through that game. But it's because Bash took a fat nap during the day. I did the same with him. And that's my regular sleeping window. I tried to stay up. Didn't get to the sports book to throw some fun. I was like, oh, man, you know what? Let this game, let this game rock. Caught the caught the key parts, caught halftime. You know halftime. what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, Shiv, I'll, I'll, I'll let you open up commentary on the game because I know how much you love Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, where do we even start with with the game? It was, it started off slow. It started off really you know, it's kind of like the way I would compare it is like kind of like a like a closeout game six or like a game seven. Honestly, you know, where it's like you could just feel kind of the tension and it's just really everybody's so locked in defensively because they don't want to be the guy that gets like torched to like to to start the game. And so like nobody was moving the ball. I mean, Purdy's first pass was like a marshmallow. It was like a rollout 10 yards sort of like out route to I think like use check or something but that ball hung in the air for forever like you could just feel the nerves right and then Mahomes just looked lost the entire first half it, it actually like was was crazy because I don't think I've ever seen Mahomes in that like even in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay like you kind of felt like he knew what he was doing the team just wasn't like kind of in sync but it just looked it looked off and I don't know what they did in the second half to kind of get things going, but both teams kind of turned it around. And I mean, it's the stat, right? Kyle Shanahan one in 31 when trailing by three plus entering the fourth quarter. And I think it was like Buckter kicks the field goal to put yes. him up three. Yeah. And, and, and Buckter kicks the field goal to put him up three and entering the fourth. I think Kansas city's up like 16, 13. And it's like, dude, they're going to blow it again. Like the numbers just aren't in his favor. And obviously like the green law injury probably like played into it a little bit. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It was bad. I mean, it was, it was a good game. It was a great game. It came down to the wire. Um, Shout out to Mahomes for getting it done. He's never going to be Brady. Let's just, let's just put a pin in that conversation, right? Like he's never going to be Brady. He's never going to get close to Brady. Brady's 2-0 against him in the postseason, so stop it. Does he have an argument to be number three, number four of all time? For sure. For sure. I think there's reasonable evidence to put him ahead of You're Peyton. saying right right now? Yeah. I think you can right. put him ahead of Peyton. I think you can put him ahead of Peyton. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think he's definitely ahead of Breeze. Um, I don't – I've never really watched Aikman highlights, so I, I wouldn't care if you put him ahead of Aikman. Um and like who else? Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, I'm probably taking Mahomes over Terry Bradshaw. So Montana. He's, there. No way. he's not ahead of Montana. Reno. He's not ahead of Montana. Like the ring, rings, rings matter. You can't touch the quarterback in this era. So let's make sure that that's also there, right? Like so Bro, uh Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> too aggressive. We don't got it. You asking me about that. You asking me? Oh man, Pat, and this is this is what's interesting. So Shiv, when you say, and now me and Shiv are about to argue. So <laughs> when you say that he can't touch Brady, what like are you saying he can't pass Brady as the GOAT? Yeah, I don't think he can. I don't think there's I mean, okay, he he could. He'd have to win eight rings, right? But like 
is that could he do it? He could. I mean, maybe he could. I the league is now in the softest era to where a quarterback of his talent could definitely rip off like a few more rings. But with Kelsey sort of, I feel like Kelsey might or might not be on the decline. Um, you know, obviously they 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 do have the I don't know if they have the financial freedom to maybe go get like a guy like Mike Evans that obviously extends the window for them to keep doing things. And until I think I think it was Shannon Sharp that made a really the the way he put it was the gap between one and two, the gap between Patrick Mahomes, the second best quarterback in the league, is like way larger than the gap between like two and five, which is like really true. He's like the 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 skill position of the quarterback in the league is disgustingly bad nowadays in my opinion like Tua cannot make like I know Tua is accurate or whatever and maybe this is a bad example of like an average quarterback in the league but like dude Tua can't make throws like Lamar doesn't have receivers necessarily but sometimes it feels like Lamar can't make throws you know what I mean so it's just like I don't know like he could he definitely could but I think he'd have to really he'd have to win at least five to 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 make it a conversation because right now he's sort of Chasing Montana, in my opinion. Okay, now this is the reason why I asked that question, because I'm going to give you two different scenarios. So I look at somebody like Maya Moore, right? There are people with more championships than Maya Mm, Moore, but I look at how many years Maya played. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, if I've been a starter for five seasons and I've been to four Super Bowls, there's only so much you can tell me regardless. That's just the way I'm feeling if I'm Pat. Now, to go back to your point about Brady – Obviously, I'm going to go to mixed martial arts, but I'm, I'm going to say obviously only because there's goats in different in, mm-hmm. di- in different weight classes, in my humble opinion. So oh, yeah. let's say you look at Brandon Moreno and you want to you want to crown him the overall goat of that division. You got somebody like Alexander Pantoja that you can look at and say, well, he got you twice. That doesn't mean that you're not the goat, but right. you never got past this one. Just so you know. And, and I think that happens a lot in a fight game where you could look at somebody and be like, this is the greatest of all time. Oh, well, this person has three losses and two of them came. To... OK, that doesn't necessarily take away from their GOAT status. And I think that's that's the air that that Pat is kind of going to probably fall in. I think he again, I think, like you said before, if he gets to five, now we can kind of flirt with it and talk about it. Right. So let's say he does get the five. I think everybody who looks at him and says, well, you never beat Brady. They have an absolute right to do it, but it doesn't necessarily take away from the go. But it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, bro, he was 23. <laughs> I think I think it's you one know? of those things where it's like you can't take away. It's like it's like you can't take away anything. Either one of them's done. But I think longevity does sort of play into it. Like Brady was great across decades and we were still yet to see what Mahomes has to do. He's still young. I agree. Like, I think he has all the potential in the world to sort of catch Brady. And I mean, you know, if he gets an elite receiver in this off season, right. I don't know what, what the deal with D hops contract is. Maybe they get a D hop on a friendly deal. I don't know if Mike Evans is looking for the bag. Maybe Mike Evans is willing to sacrifice the bag to just be like, forget it. Like, I'm just going to go run the AFC with Patrick. Hard to believe that somebody's not going to, suit up right. over there this offseason. Right. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it's tough, right? It's Kansas City. You know, it's hard place. I to also want to I also want to point out the fact that we said all season long, we all watched week one. And I called Detroit. I don't know if who else did, but I'm pretty sure one of you gentlemen probably did too, if not both. We all could smell that game coming, right? We all felt like Detroit was going to go into Arrowhead and they were going to shock them week one. And then what did we say? All of us, Monday morning quarterback, we, I guess Friday morning quarterback, right? We were all talking. Yeah. They need somebody. They need to get somebody. If they don't have somebody to replace Tyreek Hill, they won a Super Bowl, and they never replaced them. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't know that they need somebody. I don't. Right. I think the it was, one it was thing Juju, that it was Juju last year, and uh, and they brought Hardman back this year, and it was like MVS. <laughs> you want yeah. you know, a slow burn. You ready? You ready to to catch the ones we need? We're here. We're still here, yeah. buddy. Let's go. Yeah. 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 One other thing that. I was just gonna say, I think they're kind of entering their like Patriots arc, where it's like, you know, the pads were like just rolling out. I I remember like we got to the AFC title game against Denver in Denver when Manning was kind of going after his 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 kind of like last dance. Um, and we rolled like Scott Chandler out at tight end, like you know what I mean? Like these like the the Chiefs were rolling out Noah Gray, like you know who had yeah. a really good game to be honest with you. Like all three tight ends that they rolled out made big big catches in very critical spots. But it feels like they're entering their Patriots era where it's like no, their defense is actually nasty. And they can rely on their defense and Pacheco, even though he kind of like fumbled and whatever was going on with that, with that, with that, like sort of like pitch backwards. Like, it's like, no, we have, we have a running back we're confident in. If we want to slow this game down and then we just need him to make the throws that we need him to make. Like it's kind it kind of does feel like that a little bit. Yeah. So they can, they can push the boundaries of like how interchangeable are these pieces yeah. around the nucleus? Cause like early Patriot, early Patriots. It's yeah, we got, Corey Dillon and Deion Branch and you know you got guys Ben Watson yeah. and then it's like you look up and it's like uh they got Chris Hogan out there and you know what I mean and, and just random yeah. linebackers and they still won <laughs> dude Stephen Ridley for example the, the running back share of like Stephen Ridley Legarrette Blunt and like the James the James White, White era <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Maroney. Yeah, Lawrence Marone, literally like just guys, right? So I nah, mean, there was a yeah. Shout out to uh, Israel Asanya because I came across this clip this week. Um, he, he was talking. And I don't know when this came. This comment came. It was in regards to LeBron and Jordan, and somebody probably asked him, "Do you feel like the goat over John Jones or who knows what?" But he was like, "Think about it. How many conversations have you guys had with with friends about LeBron versus Jordan?" Kobe versus Jordan. How many times have you had this conversation with somebody? Now, how many times have you changed somebody's mind in that debate? Yeah. You don't. It's art. It's subjective. But it's the wonderful debate. And this wasn't written down on the notes. This is just naturally where the conversation went the Monday after the Super Bowl. Because we are talking big picture. It's like, yo, look at what is being done. It's damn remarkable. Like. For me, I rolled with Kansas City because I felt like they were going to. Shout out to JB, man. He, he invited me on the show yesterday morning. So that was part of the reason why I had to catch some Z's in the afternoon. But I felt like that got the, the day started. It felt like Super Bowl Sunday. I'm hearing all these guys drop their picks. And I was like, I don't know, man. You look at Kansas City's road to the Super Bowl. They handled business each game of the postseason. And you look at what their defense had proven to be. They hadn't given up 20. They had given up 20 points once in the previous six weeks. Whereas San Francisco sort of had to flip the switch to get past Detroit and Green Bay. And it was like, you're not going to have opportunities to waste against this team. And the pieces that I did catch early on, the interception Mahomes threw to start the second half. No damn way you can't convert right there. Great field position. 
points the for opening drive. You move the ball all the way down the field, you don't get points. You're not going to be able to win these games against this guy. Everything counts. And me and my brother, because my brother works night shift too, we both were in and out of, of, you know, dozing. And he's like, hold on, bro. Like, how the hell did they even get to that number? This is my brother's voice. He's like, how did they even get there? Like, what, what happened with the points to where it got to this 19, 19? He's like, how did that even happen? And I was like, yeah, bro. Uh, I was like, I don't know. It was like 10, it was like 10, uh, 16. And <laughs> I was going to just first take the box score first before I, you know, saw all the highlights. I was like, yeah, San Francisco scored and uh, they didn't get the extra point. You can't do that. You know what I mean? All these things are going to bite you because Kansas City had shown before that, like you said, Mahomes came out willy-nilly sort of first drive. You kind of think back to that Houston uh, postseason game where they were down 24 nothing, and Mahomes That's just has these like looks. He has these looks where it's like, bro, do you, do you care that you are in the middle of like a pressure cooker right now? And he's just like, my bad. Hand, you know, hand sign. Come on, guys, bring it in. Let's run it back. Hey, you know, like uh, one, one of our folks in the newsroom today was like, that was not okay the way Kelsey got on Andy Reid in the second half, in the second quarter. Like that, that showed a lot to me. And I didn't have full context, but I saw what he did. And I'm like, hey, these are high pressure, high stakes moments, emotions running high. I want to see that from somebody because you have to make it count right now. You need All right, so I'm so happy that you said it. I'm so happy that you said it. At the time of that screaming, I believe he had one target with one catch for one yep. yard. I'm going to be completely honest. Maybe the, other, maybe the results are different if Debo and or Christian McCaffrey went to Kyle and said the same thing. If I and this is one thing that I'm just like, I'm I don't want to be that guy again Monday morning quarterback to be like, Kyle, I don't know why you don't run the football with a lead, but that's the question, right? And even even if you want to take that away, we give Kyle Shanahan all the credit in the world for being the offensive mind that he is, right? We these these regular seasons, especially back to back to back, they're not a fluke, but it means something if you swallow your tongue when it matters most. You find a way to get them the football. You find a way. I do not care. George Kittle, you got to wait. I'm getting Christian McCaffrey the ball three times on his drive. Matter of fact, it's the first three plays of this drive. You, you got to be – and you know what's funny? I heard Sean Payton talk about it. You got to be defiant in certain situations. You, I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I know we had 10 at halftime. I'm still shooting for 30. It looks like they were cool with winning the defensive shutout at halftime. Yeah, no, man, it's inex- inexplicable. It's, mal- it's malpractice to not pounce on your opponent when you smell any, you get any sort of blood in the water, any just, you know, you can't get multiple Kansas City turnovers and not do and something score. with it. When Shanahan was with the Falcons and they were up 28-3, he got a lot of flack because they started running the ball in the second half of 28-3. And I think, I genuinely think after he lost that Super Bowl, he just, like, got broken in a way that just cannot be fixed other than, like, legitimately winning a Super Bowl. But I think when he gets in those, like, clutch moments, it shows the numbers don't lie. 
he's one in 32 with like two Super Bowl losses in those moments. Like he gets the yips, man. Like it's like Tatum even, in the finals, even, like 2021. Even he the overtime, the even the overtime drive, you can make the argument. I know we got to make it count. Bro, we are in the red zone, and it's fourth and not too long. I have McCaffrey. I have the best running back that I mortgaged the whole future of this franchise for. If we kick a field goal, that's like passive behavior. You you might. <laughs> they didn't just, know. Well, well, this is the problem. Now yeah, it's Monday they morning. They didn't know. They didn't know. Oh, my God. That's they didn't like, know. That's the difference. Yeah. That's like, what's inexplicable, to be honest with you. Especially I, when you hear teams like Kansas City say, yeah, we talked about it every week in the playoffs. Every week. Yeah. And twice this week. But I, that's not that's also inexcusable because I know y'all play Madden. Exactly. I know y'all understand. It's also not different. But what part didn't they know? By the way, speaking oh, of Madden, the other team is gonna get the ball. <laughs> it's been like that for like three years. <laughs> I simulated the Super Bowl Saturday night because I bartended Super Bowl. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to watch this. So let me go ahead and see what it looks like before. I promise you, Frisco goes up 21-0 at halftime. KC comes out, shuts them out 21-0 in the second half. It's 21-21 going into the second half, or going into OT. San Francisco kicks the field goal. KC scores a walk-off touchdown. I told the story to somebody at the bar the whole game. They were looking at me like, you know something, dog? Did Madden just play this out? Like it, this, this, and honestly, I literally watched that play out and was like, "Well, this will probably never happen." And we got exactly that. So I don't, I, I don't know where this ranks in terms of Super Bowls all time, but in terms of recent memory, we we've had some good ones recently. We have. That's my one gripe with not really being present during it because you see that's script after the fact of what happened in the game and that's a classic bro it's a classic two best teams pretty much inarguably for the season and it came down to just the, the thinnest line of execution between the two of them and you get a clutch drive down to the last second of the of regulation kansas city uses the entire clock in overtime and it was a Real, real, real chess match where it was bend but don't break, and neither team really broke. But Kansas City, they they, they was held. They really did. And, uh, yeah, dude, oh, man, they are in the middle of a not one, not two, not three. It's pretty scary, bro. That's that the way scary, it looks and feels. That's the way it looks and feels. It's scary hours. I will say, I do want to bring this up, and no one's going to take me seriously, but I think it's a genuine, I think it's a genuine idea that I think people should buy, should like put, put money into if it was a stock. Why don't you just file, fire Shanahan and hire Belichick? Like, honestly, why wouldn't you fire? Like, you have all the pieces that Belichick would want in a great defense. You have a great tight end in Kittle. You have a tough receiver who likes to block in Debo you have a great running back which Belichick loves to run the ball and you have a system quarterback in Purdy who if Brady's a system quarterback I'm sure he can make it work with with Purd like he's won (laughs) close Super Bowls he's lost close Super Bowls and like Kyle Shanahan was it the report like Kyle Shanahan was like am I breaking up no you're good I I did find it interesting that um 
Belichick just didn't get picked up. And I don't know, Shiv, there might be some, there might be, I think in the days to come, we'll hear that a couple more times. I'm not I will say, say that, the one know, thing it needs to happen, but I'm not going to say it needs to happen either because everything that you just said is X's and O's and it sounds perfect. I'm going to be honest. That sounds like a perfect fit. There's one reason why I feel like it's not a perfect fit and it's the reason why I wouldn't do it. There's a couple angles I can take, but I'll take this one. The San Francisco 49ers walk out of their locker room every game with the boom box blasting NBA young boy. Do you think that will happen with the Bill Belichick led team? Probably not. Honestly, probably not. But I don't if, know. I don't know. Maybe he's willing. But if he goes there and puts handcuffs on them, yeah. That may that may rattle the whole system. That's true. It could. It could. But at the end of the day, I think it was it was Shanahan that was like pulling the 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 recruiting page out of Draymond's book, like when Draymond was calling KD crying after like the game seven, right? Shanahan was like, I'll bench Purdy for you. I don't care what it takes. Like Brady, come here, please, right? So maybe, like, you know, maybe there's either a Brady Belichick reunion or there's one of the two. But so, I mean, I'm pretty convinced you could throw Brady out there right now in his dress shoes and dress shirt and polo ralph lauren cardigan and he could he could make it work like he probably wins that game like how does he not win that game like you know what i mean how does he not win that game to me that's the ultimate (laughs) if people thought patrick holmes became a villain this year that is the absolute villain origin story if i already didn't beat you and now I'm on my way to a three P, and you come back to stop my three P. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> they need it. It would be great. It just it's just food for thought. We'll let we'll let this season marinate. Obviously, it was a great season. I'm not gonna lie. Watching Kansas City do it as underdogs was awesome, especially because the Pats are just garbage, and we're probably gonna be garbage for the next like few years. Like to watch like the the establishment for some reason that bewilders me become the underdog and go through and just check like check off the list like that was that was sick that was really patriots-esque speaking of 12 y'all excited to hear him in the booth next season because i've seen some comments on it saying that he might be too smart yeah and too he might know the game too well to to be just a, a a perfect fit because I saw some other comments that were like, hey, the NFL told Tony Romo, hey, stop calling the plays out before it happened on the broadcast. <laughs> they said, hey, Brady, yo, chill. I could see Brady going up there and like, you know, Josh Allen like scrambling for 20 yards and Brady being like, yeah, you see, the problem is, is like he didn't recognize X, Y and Z. And you know what I mean? Just like taking away from the sensationalism, I guess. I have it. some old man to him. <laughs> yeah but i mean i don't know i'm excited i think it'd be awesome yeah. i think it's good he needs something to do like honestly it's like when you kind of like put <laughs> something like you just don't you know do. what you're doing you do. right i think he needs something to do like like why not he's he's clearly studied the game better than anybody else has like that's a fact you know so like why not see if you can like communicate that effectively to, to other people like if you listen to him on the podcast that he appears on or the podcast that he has it's a good listen. Like it's informative. You come away from it like learning more than you did going into it. Going into shout, the shout out to Greg Olson. Greg Olson's been money uh this NFL season too. Yeah. Um definitely. 
I, I guess any closing closing remarks on the NFL season, anything like that. Mines are watch out for the Raiders. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm happy that you said that. I got two things for you guys. I have, what's the first thing I have? Um, That was my hot take. I'm not willing to say Raiders just yet, but I believe the AFC West champions for next year will be either LA or Vegas. That Unless Denver is going to shock me, but I I don't think Kansas City, I'm not going to say they're not going to win a Super Bowl, which is ironic, but I don't necessarily think they win in division. We'll see what happens. Um, and last thing that I'll say about the NFL season, I talked to Le'Veon Bell when he was out here. And as a matter of fact, he actually had a podcast appearance right. uh, scheduled. And I don't even believe he made it to that. I was talking to his team, and I think he actually canceled that. So I think he's trying to keep a couple of things under wraps. But I did get the chance to talk to him. I was trying to figure out the perfect time to drop it. Obviously, I wanted to get the proper attention. So today or tomorrow we'll see what happens and 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 i definitely want to get his story out he made it a point to talk about i believe the exact quote that he said was he wanted to uh close the chapter on his football career the right way and he said there's only one way to do it and he looked at me with a smile um take that from that what you will uh he followed it up by explaining how he's been keeping in shape and then he also gave me his thoughts on the current state of the running back position in the league so Definitely Which a couple I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear that. From him. <laughs> it's definitely nah, a couple I'll of hot be... takes from him. So we'll, we'll definitely get that out. Hmm. And then, uh, and there it is, like, man. Until, until the until the fantasy drafts start firing back up in uh in the summertime. Until until the mock draft season comes back around. <laughs> right. Once once the baseball season gets to marinate and you realize there's nothing on TV. There's no NBA, there's no NFL, and you're just like in mid-July, and you're like, dude, let me run a mock draft. <laughs> like, <Hi>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, dope, man. Let's 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 move let's move it along. And unless y'all had something else. So what? Should we move on to Duncan Robinson versus Jalen Brown? I'm itching. I'm itching to I'm itching to talk about it. Absolutely itching. We're not gonna kick off hoops with, with D Rob. Versus J J BZ. Why not? But, That's the rivalry. I do want to. So the trade deadline happened, right? And it, there weren't any fireworks. We'll look back on this season, and the Pacers will be responsible for, I guess, the biggest trade. You know, uh, the, the, and, the and, Siakam and a, trade. And I'm a Pacer fan, but I got one more name to throw out there, only because I don't think we're going to pay attention to it until later. But I know you guys are avid Hoops fans. Dog, I saw P.J. Washington go to Dallas and say, the world is going to learn this man's name. I know he's in Charlotte and y'all don't care, but he's next to Luka. This is going to be a problem if if they wanted to for a long time. I've always dug P.J.'s, like, maturity on the court and like smoothness sound he's undersized but he doesn't play small and they also added Gafford and Shiv in our list on I believe episode one of the season he said let's narrow it down to who are the contenders my four contenders in the west included Dallas yeah and that was about three weeks ago and that's because nobody 
want smoke with Luka Doncic in the postseason in the Western Conference. They really don't. They really don't. And, yo, we're not going to make alley-oop Kyrie Irving a footnote. Yeah, he will. He will be dealt with. You're you are going to have to deal with this version of Kyrie, who seems genuinely at peace right now, and just focused on hooping. <laughs> and earlier in the season, yeah, it seemed like they were really starting to find their legs. He's had a setback for a couple of weeks with that injury, but um, the Western Conference is still such a fight that they're like sitting at eight right now, and that means nothing. Whatever those final eight teams are, they're going to be equally threatening as an underdog or as a, you know, home team in a playoff series. So I like that you said that because that did round that team out in a way that they needed a front court presence. Grant Williams was not working over there. The funniest report was that he switched his shoes from Lucas back to Tatum's and they said, nah, that's it, buddy. <laughs> that is it, buddy. <laughs> no, it's real. I also read that. I also read that he like was like trying to play Settlers of Catan too much. With like, if you ever play that, it's like an addicting board game. If you've ever played, it's super fun. Um, but Grant Williams is obviously like a nerd, right? Like he's obviously a nerd. So it's like apparently that just like rubbed teammates off the wrong way. Additionally, with like changing his shoes, which is hilarious. But Lucas' shoes are garb, dude. Yeah. Who's that? Come on. If you, you you believe that um you you're the team that you said won the trade deadline was Phoenix. Yeah. And in my top four, Phoenix was in that four. It, it was, I think they were on the cusp. I think they were on the cusp. I said LA, Denver, Dallas, and the Clippers. But Phoenix has gelled in the new year. Still concerned about their front court depth and rim protection and ability to board against the, the the nittiest of grittiest teams in the West. But they did add some meaningful pieces. Oklahoma City brought in Gordon Hayward, which we don't we can't really, you know, a vet, I think will do a lot for them. But I think they also needed reinforcements for Chet. They needed to get him a, a another dog. Next to him to to help take on the front court dogs they're going to have to face and just battle. You know, yeah. game three, four, and five of a playoff series is like, bro, you, hey, you're feeling it, especially if you're a one man army down low. Like, it's tough once you hit that third, fourth quarter to to still just be a, a a a menace. And we got to see if Chet's cut like that. So, I don't think that. Now, I want to have an MVP conversation a little later on because right now I think Shea Gilders-Alexander is deserving 100%. But we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, let's sort of, you know, let, let me know. who. You, I'll pass off with saying the Lakers not making a move at the deadline was probably the best move because they kept intact the pieces that they did have that they acquired last year mid-season that got them to the conference finals and they're also going to need to hey is we can't f around any longer we're unfortunately in the same predicament of having to play our best basketball post all-star break just to secure a spot in the postseason and we know what that can do to the body 
So we didn't, we shouldn't be, have been in this position. Either way, they have some depth. I'd like to see them go get one more big on the market. And I'm content with the roster that we have to, to tangle for the rest of the season. But uh, how are y'all feeling post-deadline with these rosters like 90% set in stone? Um, it just interests me that you still have, like, the Lakers haven't moved from your top four no matter what this season, huh? No, no. They, they can't. It's See, really interesting. We Did we not win the in-season tournament? I'm playing. I, I, that's not my trump card. That's I mean, not my ace I mean, of spades. I mean, y'all beat my Pacers to do so, so y'all probably stopped our only chance at a title this year. Um, To be honest, I, I, I think, like you guys kind of mentioned before, I, I, I like Dallas a lot, and I don't want to beat a dead horse. I really don't. But you just kind of talked about it. Playoff Luka needs to become a thing. It needs to really become a thing if it hasn't already. There are – there are guys out there that are absolute killers that do not want to see that boy from Slovenia. They just don't. And I mean, at the and same kid, time too. Kid is one of those coaches too, where you find yourself in a serious like, I don't know. It's, it's the point guard thing. Ty Lue's kind of like that where you just like, you get in the series where it's like, Oh, shit. kid's not having it. He's not letting his team go out like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said before, I think the thing is, Yes, everything that Grant Williams did for the well was trying to do for this team, right? In terms of being a stretch big, uh, even though he was undersized, you kind of just talk about PJ Washington being a little being undersized, right? But he's still not necessarily weight wise, but I believe he's an inch or two taller than uh, Grant Williams. He may be giving up ten or fifteen pounds, but he jumps higher. He's probably going to knock down the three at, at close to the same clip. He's going to probably take a little more because, I mean, you would probably want P.J. actually in the flow of your offense as opposed to Grant Williams being a spot-up shooter. P.J. Washington is so much more than a spot-up shooter. And the thing is, you mentioned Daniel Gafford, and Daniel Gafford is a live threat wherever he goes. He's going to play defense. He's going to go ahead and pick up four fouls if you need him to. We've said all of this, and I thought the best the best bar of this entire pod so far is we're not about to do that to Kai. We haven't mentioned Kai. Like, Dallas is a team that I'm looking at, and Mark Cuban is somebody who every time I see and I speak to, every time I look at him, I'm like, dog, how'd you do it? We're not going to do that to Kai with the new signature Anta on the market. So Kyrie with a, cold, with a cold sneaker? Yeah. Stop it, bro. With an armband? <laughs> he's different. and they have he's different. Uh, uh, you know we'll see what they come out to be but first or second team all rookie center and lively yeah yeah who by the way two stories about Derek lively really quick i watched him at summer league and obviously everybody doesn't have the victor Wimbayama uh protection right but i watched Derek lively walk through after a game and I watched maybe four or five kids in like in succession, like one, two, three, four, stopping for a picture to the point to where the young lady from the Dallas Mavericks, she was doing her job. She was like, all right, cool, come on. And he looked at her and was like, nah. And he took every single one of those pictures. And I watched a video go viral maybe last month. He was on the road and somebody had a Derek Lively jersey and it blew his mind. He was like, I don't even play for this team. Like, and you kind of heard the, the video. He was like, hold up your jersey, hold up your jersey. And he signed it. 
And he was even telling somebody like that he was with. He was like, dog, like that's dope. It's still cool to see these rookies have those rookie moments. Like you just kind of talked about it right now. There are people that will not pay attention to the NBA until today because of the NFL season. They have no idea who Derek Lively is. They're getting ready to learn. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm and I got to get Chuck on here. Chuck, Chuck, I hope you're listening to this grinning ear to ear, because also in, in his draft, he, he bullseye. He caught this from long range beforehand. He said, "I really want Dallas to trade up for Atlanta's pick at ten, and I want us to get Derek Lively. My NBA comp for him is Rudy Gobert. I know that sounds lofty, lofty, but he has those instincts. He's seven foot plus, and he's just active." You know like, who else he reminds me of? A former Maverick. He reminds me of Tyson Chandler. Ty? Ooh, yeah, no, bro. He, he's got some of that. He does. And, uh, oh, man, again, that was not a focal point on these notes. This is just jumping off the jumping off the conversation. I like it. Shit, I like what's the Mavs. Just doing on? I like the Mavs. I like the Mavs. Um, the Aquas, they needed to make those trades. I agree. But my biggest thing, just so we all don't agree on something, I'll just like kind of take the other side. Why not? Um, like you can't make trades for people's attitudes defensively or their habitual obsession with complaining about calls. And that's like the biggest thing at the end of the day. Like I know PJ Washington can be a great defender. Has he have I I'll be honest with you, I'm I don't think I've ever watched a Hornets game. Unless they, (laughs) I don't think I've ever watched the Hornets play basketball unless they have played the Celtics. And even then, it's like in the background of like, like, dude, the last time I remember watching like a full length Hornets game was when they rolled out Kemba and Al Jefferson and LeBron was in Miami. I'm not even kidding. I think that's the last time I've watched four straight quarters of Charlotte Hornets basketball. So hey, the Jordan, the last year that Jordan was there, he didn't want to watch Charlotte Hornets basketball. Right. Oh my right. God. That's so it's like, I, I haven't, I haven't, I don't, I know PJ is good. He went to Kentucky. So I know he's certified to some degree. I don't know what I had him in fantasy like two years ago. He wasn't bad. Like, do I know what he's capable of? I'm probably not the best person to speak on it, but just from his build and stuff and playing 2k, I know he's probably a versatile defender. I know he can hit jumpers and He's probably a dog, and you're he's probably a guy you want to have 15, 20 minutes in an NBA game. So I think that makes sense. Gafford's always been underrated, like you said, but can your two best players, Kyrie, Luka, can they defend when it comes down to mismatch hunting in the in the playoffs, which it always does, and people can say, you can scheme against that, you can scheme against that. When it's game five, game six, and your legs are tired, and you're getting hunted because you have to carry this offensive load or you've been doing so much offensively and Luca comes down, misses a layup because he got tapped barely on the arm. And now he's complaining. And now, you know, you, the other, you know, the Warriors come down, Steph hits a three, right? Yeah, it's five on like, four. Yeah. yeah not- like that's not, you don't, you can't make trades that fix that. Right. So it's going to be about Kyrie being able to play defense. And I love Kai, you know, I love Kai. Kai's one of my favorite players. He, he hit the best shot, the greatest shot in NBA history. Jordan, take a back seat. That Kyrie shot was incredible. I don't care. You pushed off, Jordan. You pushed off. Kyrie didn't push off. He crossed them up, dotted him in between the forehead. Like, that's the great shot. Then, I've he, ever hit, seen. then, he, then he hit Clay on Christmas next year. Then he did hit Clay on Christmas next year. He hella hit Clay on Christmas. <laughs> he did. We, we, we're to Kobe on the turnaround at the elbow. Oh, that was nasty. That was nasty. 
Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, you know, can they defend, right? Kid still unproven as a head coach. He did make that one Western Conference Finals run. I love Jay Kidd. Shout out to Berkeley. You know what I mean? Shout out to Berkeley. We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna act like Berkeley isn't anything. So shout out to Berkeley. But yeah, so I don't you know. Were, you were singing praises before we hit record about Denver. And wait, that wait, wasn't... I'm so sorry. Are you moving on to Denver? Like to stay with Denver? Because if that's the case, because because Shiv, you brought up a great point, and I actually want to ask you a question about it. So yeah. I agree. The only problem that I have is hunting, right? Like hunting on defense, yeah. because Kyrie has proven when motivated, true. Kyrie tries on defense, true, true, and true. that's the only thing. You may score over Kyrie, but Kyrie's gonna make you work for your buckets. Right. The reason right. why I say it is because the moment that you heard that it was probably some rumblings maybe him and James in Brooklyn, what's going on? And then one of them wants out, now both of them went out. When Kyrie first got his opportunity to see James, you saw him tell KD, I got him. Yeah. James was in hell that night. Yeah. yeah. How do you get that Kyrie all the time? Like, how do you motivate right. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great point. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I, I don't know. I hope I, I hope it does because I like the Mavericks. Like, I like I like Kyrie. I like sort of, the small market. I got a lot of friends in Dallas who were like just so hyped about about the trade. So I would love to see them do well. But I I still for some reason it just feels like they may be there may just not be enough there to contend with guys like Denver who are you know they got their defined roles. And that's not to say they can't figure it out. If there's two guys that have enough basketball, three guys that have enough basketball acumen and IQ, it's Luca, Kyrie, and Jay Kidd. So. You know, we'll see. They but they they needed to make moves and they did. You know, Cuban Cuban did it. Like he always finds a way to keep them afloat. Like credit to credit to him. Seriously, I agree with all uh, with all of that. But you were saying Denver. Uh-huh. Like I was talking about how Denver, I think, is going to come out of the West again. I think there's no way that Denver doesn't come out of the West again. I'll be honest. Now, th- now it wasn't very Shiva of you, yeah, to say that. <laughs> and I feel like you said that, or. You know where that came from was a way for you to it. I, this isn't you know uh, yeah. personal or anything like that, <laughs> but like I feel like it was backhanded because like if they don't, you're gonna point to <laughs> look at what you guys have. Like look at how good Jokic is. Like I don't want to hear a, a, any excuse. Yeah, why you guys didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> And for some reason, I think I said this before too, and this isn't like saying Katie and Steph Warriors versus the field, but I said if it's Nuggets versus the field right now, I'm taking the field. And if it was, if you asked me this in December, Kansas City versus the field in the AFC, I would have told you Kansas City just because I said I'm not pivoting yet. Yeah. I have, I've been given no reason to not think that they are ready to do battle in the postseason. And I don't have, I can't point to just the exact reason other than that team feels like a four person team that has to, you know, their formula is working, but I think that teams, the way they did get more familiar with guarding the Warriors as years went on, I think teams are understanding that Jokic is incredible. We can't make him look human, but we can work hard as hell everywhere else and get past this team. 
in the postseason. Um, now I just want to, so I was like, why did you, you know, where, what, how do you really feel about them, or why did you, why did you no, feel like I, that? I, I, we I talked actually, about it before too. It was is that Murray Murray's back? It's the yeah. year after the ACL comeback, exactly. Where it's like, oh, he's he's uh he's in stride again. I think yeah, it's he's looking harder. real ninety overall ish. It's it just they for some reason it feels like they're kind of like San Antonio ish, where it's like you may not be able to like they 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 can be beaten, but like in a series, which is like multiple games for a minimum seven at max, like how am I how am I picking any other team against them? Like look at like the top teams. The other the, team's right? margin for error to beat them is very yeah. small. Right. Think about it this way. Like the Suns are still putting it together. They are winning right now. Right. But Vogel, this is a new team for Vogel. They just added Royce O'Neal. They're still figuring out rotations. They have front court depth issues. Mavs, they're still they just made some complete changes to their team. They need to figure it out too. Golden State's trying to figure out, you know, if they're going to have enough to make the postseason or not. Like there's a lot of teams figuring things out. Right. And there's we're in February and I think the playoffs get going in what, like May, April. I don't know. In April. Yeah, so like you got a couple months to figure it out, right? And um, I just feel like Denver doesn't have to do a lot of that soul searching. They don't have to do a lot of that figuring out. It's like we know exactly what we're going to down the stretch. We don't need to find like, you know, we don't need to find a creative way to do things. Like if we do, it's because it's off of like intuition and like we have enough data with this group to like inform the decisions that we make. Whereas like if it comes to the playoffs and we're, you know, down 2-1 in a series we need to win this game for we know what we can go to and we know how to be creative within the structure that we have but if you're like another team it's like do i get royce o'neill going do i get grayson allen go? like you know what i mean like who, who am i right like there's just a lot of unknown i think in right. if that's the case because you were saying who do i get going do i get eric gordon eric gordon right. going do i get all these different people going all right. Well, the one team that we haven't talked about, and I didn't want to be this guy. I, I was hoping somebody brought him up, but I didn't want to be the oh, one to do it. Can I, can I get this? It's kind of the way I feel about him with the Chargers, to be honest, because you just got to do it at some point. But come on, guys. I'm looking at the Clippers, and oh, yeah. at some point. Before you finish, Paul, bro. Before you wait, finish. Wait, wait, go ahead. Talk to me. I'm sure you saw the reel, but me and, Sh me and Shiv have a – pod that's probably not gonna come out now because i've botched up the audio and i just don't want to release it now um the kicker of that whole pod was like yo this is happening low-key for the clippers go ahead no it just it looks like it. it just looks like it so if you want me to play devil's advocate if you want me to play contrarian i mean evisa zubox that's a big boy and that's somebody that even from the Pat Beverly standpoint, when they got him from uh, the Lakers originally from across the hall, Zoo didn't look like, honestly, by Zoo's own admission, he was ready to go back to, to Europe. He was yeah. getting ready to get about the league. And now he's a completely different player. And he plays like it. You can go and get 20 and 10 from Zoo if you need it. The problem is you don't necessarily need it on most nights. And the problem is he probably not isn't going to do it against Jokic, right? But the problem that I believe he creates for Jokic is I'm here all night. At the very least, I'm going to be here all night. Me and uh, me and Hoop talked about it a couple of years ago, and I thought Chet Holmgren wasn't going to have the best rookie season. I said year two, which is now, he, he's going to be a problem. And this is only year two. So maybe three, maybe 
I'll even give him two, maybe two or three years from now, we're looking at Chet and we're like, I'm going to be here all night. But Zoo is there right now. He's physically ready to go right now. And if you're asking Zoo to give me six, eight, and give me two blocks against Yoke, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll figure the rest out. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, the Cl- we, we, we were talking about that on the pod. The Clippers are built to win it right now. This feels like their year. If there's any year that the Clippers are going to win it, it's probably it's probably this year. And they have some front court depth too. Like they have Plumley. Like they can run both of those guys for 20, 25 minutes. And it's like you're it's like virtually the same skill set almost. You know, Plumley may be a little bit. You got bit Daniel of, Tice uh, if you want to run five yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and you have Tice too. So they 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 have pieces. I agree. I agree. But um I just feel like, you know, I, I and this isn't to say that James Harden and Russ and and their best players don't have high IQ basketball IQ. I just feel like for some reason, the Nuggets are a smarter team than a lot of other teams like Boston and not to be a homer. Boston is a smart basketball team. Like we will call a timeout. We will move the chess pieces around. And all of a sudden it's a completely different game for the next three, four minutes, right? Like it is, they use data. They, they make informed decisions. You can tell, right? The Nuggets feel like they have the perfect balance of like that data versus like our intuition and I just feel like nobody can outthink that team. And then when it comes to irrational confidence, who better than Jamal Murray? Honestly, it's proven. Like he's 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 like, no, I'm hitting. Like I think against Boston, he went eleven for nineteen on like one dribble pull up jumpers, which is insane. Like Tatum cannot go eleven for nineteen on one dribble pull up jumpers. And I love JT. Like who's doing yeah. that in the league? It's hard to do it. And I think obviously, like you know. James plays no defense. No, no, no. But like, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, that would be a great series. That would be an awesome series. The Clippers have for, for Denver power. For Denver this year, I think the spotlight in the magnifying glass is on Michael Porter Jr. to have a season comparable or even just a postseason run comparable to Wiggins of 2021, where it's a hey, quiet kept you are sort of me living up to expectations of a high level pro that were put upon you as a prospect and as a, you know, rookie getting drafted. Um, but he's sort of coasting in the success, uh, in the team success and with, and without facing the real scrutiny or the real microscope. And I think that, like you said, yeah, guys are going to be ready for Yoke, of course. You know you're going to have to deal with JT, with Jamal Murray all night. But teams are going to look at him and Michael Porter and be like, I think we can get over on this guy. Not that he's, you, you know, You want to know liver. where the microscope should be? The microscope should be, you just said it, he's not chopped liver. The microscope is not going to be on his scoring. The microscope is going to be on his decision making. Shiv has mentioned IQ about four times in the last two, three minutes. Michael Porter Jr., and I say this with all due respect, <laughs> there are times that you watch Michael Porter Jr. and you can with definitely due deduce. <laughs> all due respect, and it's going to be it's going to sound like disrespect, but you can watch a full Denver Nugget basketball game. They could win by 30. You could walk away from that game and walk away with the deduction of Michael Porter Jr. is not a smart player. <laughs> He just has 16. I don't care. If you watch him play sometimes, it's like, I'm watching you take corner threes and 
Aaron Gordon is r- driving the lane right now. It's a two on one. Why are you shooting at three? Yeah, or or possessions that could amount to something. You're stagnant. Right. And so so to go back to your point, the microscope won't be on what he can do for the game. But Michael Porter Jr., did you shoot the ball 15 times and KCP got seven? Aaron Gordon got 11. I don't know, dog. Maybe you shouldn't be taking the third most shots if the defense is collapsing on you and they're leaving KCP. Right. Right. No, no that's, I agree. that's a really valid point. And that was his that was his profile. He was one of those, you know, Ben Simmons big guards, you know, mm-hmm. with, with some playmaking. And we have not seen that creation so far or comfortable, sound, playoff level decision making with the ball in his hands. So we'll see. Has all the talent in the world. Like I said, Quiet Skeps having a really good season right now still, too. But I just think yeah, that team is dependent on Yoke, Murray, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter producing, essentially carrying the team. Peyton Watson's had a really good year off the bench. Shout out to my boy O. He put me on his he put me on his radar. Um, and you know, Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan had one good game. But if you look at the Clippers, bro, I I believe, dog. I honestly do. Kawhi is having a Toronto Kawhi season. He's having a, you know, that, that Terminator-esque Kawhi season of just... Dude, he's showing emotion. No, he's, like, celebrating. He looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Like, everybody knew he didn't want to be in Toronto. Yeah. At the, I just had a conversation yesterday. At the parade, when he said, I want you guys to enjoy this, it's like the record scratched. Everybody <laughs> was like... Did he just tell us at the parade that he's leaving? <laughs> and, and it's it's kind of one of those things to where Kawhi, in my humble opinion, hasn't looked happy ever in the NBA. Yeah. And now that's the scary part. We don't know what a no, happy yeah. Kawhi looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You see those moments of like real camaraderie of him like dapping somebody on the head or like somebody coming to get him and they haven't through how he was. And the thing is that he just really trusts and he knows basketball at the highest level. He's performed and succeeded at the highest level by himself with the greats of this game and this generation as well and against them as well. I think he sees his peers and it's like, yo, we have no, no excuse. Like there is no reason somebody can tell me that we're not the best team in the NBA. And as of right, as of today, they're a half game out of number one in the Western conference, not too far behind Boston as well. But the entire stint for Russell Westbrook in, in in a Laker uniform, I preached it. I said, you guys will not get the Russell Westbrook that you want until Russ is happy. Russ doesn't look happy. In year two, I got to a point to where I was rooting for Russ in a Laker jersey. Year two, it got to a point to where I said, send him somewhere where he will be happy. I just want to see Russ smile again. Russ smiling is a dangerous thing. Russ averaging triple doubles is probably behind him, right? Russ going out and giving you 25 every other night is probably behind him, right? But we talk about Carmelo getting into his new role, right? They're praying for the Lakers to put different people around LeBron so LeBron can kind of start to fade to black. Russ has gracefully faded to black in a Clipper uniform. And that's the scariest thing. And who who in the second unit in the postseason wants to see Russell Westbrook? I just Russ, got through Norm. looking at James Harden for six minutes. Now I got to look at you. <laughs> and Russell's trying to dunk and, you. And this lineup is going to be staggered. Yeah. You are going to get the Harden-Russ lineup. You're going to get the Russ-PG lineup. The You know what I'm saying? Like, quiet as Kevin. Amir Coffee has been hooping. Yo, 
Oh, shout out to Jordan busy. from Switch Coasters. That's his cousin. Yeah, man, he put me on his radar, or put him on his radar on my radar rather four years ago at Summer League, or maybe five mm-hmm. years ago at Summer League. And he was like, "Watch this one," and I was like, "Okay, cool." I was at the bar a couple of nights ago, looked up, and the mirror was starting. I was like, "Dog, let me text Jordan. What is happening right now?" That's sick. Let's uh let let's head out east a little bit, um. Because in the West, I think we covered it. Besides, for the record, too, Terrell, I've been pushing back. I haven't spent more than five minutes talking about the Lakers so far in season two. I'm waiting to get my dad on here to talk about, yo, what the hell? I'm proud man? of you for what, that one. What, 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 what should we do? The scrapped episode with, with Shiv that I referenced, we had the conversation of do we entertain? Are we on LeBron watch? It was coming to the deadline, and I said, I know for a fact it's not happening at the deadline. But is this offseason, is this summer one of them summers? To where just for the mutual interest of everybody, do we are we looking at Braun going elsewhere? And I kicked the can. So I'm Buzz. still not doing it. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you were asking me, but I'm just telling you. If I'm Genie Buzz, the let me explain something to you. I'm not volunteering to trade LeBron James. That's never gonna happen. That's never gonna happen. It's LeBron's so gonna weird. have to. No, actually, Rich Paul's gonna have to tell me, and then Braun's gonna have to say it. That's gonna make me move. Like, I'm not moving other than that. I'm not trading one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, quickly, I mean, we'll, we'll save this for a later date because I'll, I'll put this point here, too. Shiv, you've heard me say this multiple times already. I, I say I look at the NBA season in three stages. The first part is, po- is pre-All-Star. Let's see what we got. You know, we're not going to stress bodies. We're not going to run guys to the ground yet. We're going to play 10, 11, 12 guys, you know, given nights. Um, Part two is post-All-Star until the postseason. All right, now we're trying to secure playoff positioning. We need to get that spot. Rosters are set in stone. We're rolling out our playoff lineup on, a you know, more times than not. We're trying to lock down that rotation and see what we really have. And then it's playoff season A. It's go time. You know, put your dukes up. Um, so we're entering phase two. We're entering phase two. Uh, of teams starting to take these games very seriously during the week. Um, I don't have much else for, like I said, the other teams in, in the West. I want to go out east. You know, Sack, I think Sack will be fun again. Thank I think you. that they didn't get better. Thank you. Outside of players just continuing to grow. I love Keegan. You know, Sabonis is still thriving and Fox. Derek we all Fox. like Fox as well, yeah. but you know what I mean? Um, we'll finish <laughs> with an MVP conversation and then we'll, I, I'll throw Shay in there on that, but headed out east. Um, this is funny. I will say it first because it's probably not the one you're expecting, but Milwaukee got Pat Bev at the deadline. I was thinking about that. That's funny. That was the first one I was going to mention. Yeah, man, Milwaukee out of the East. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Joel, I would have said Philly is, is contending, but Joel going down changes everything for me. I think I think Dame goes through a rough patch early in the postseason. I think that team uplifts him. I think he probably catches fire somewhere in that second in that second round. I've never he been has there, a bro. Buzzer beater somewhere in there. Never been I, to the dance. He that is going to jump off the screen in the postseason. He went to the Western Conference Finals. Tr- he went to the Western Conference Finals. I know, I know, and it was brief. It was real brief. It wasn't pretty when he got there, but I mean, yeah. he got he yeah, got there. Really, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he wants to get to the finals, and Giannis wants to get back. I'm sure, and I, I think that 
they are a team that can recognize that time is of the essence in terms of these runs. We're all going to start looking at Doc Rivers now. And this probably isn't too fair on Doc. But I'm, I didn't make the decision for him to take the job. That probably Shiv, will be the... As, as, I was just about to say, Shiv, as a Bostonian, you want to talk about Doc? I'm they're they're not coming out of the east with Doc. Like I don't I don't know what delusion people have. Doc is like known for just blowing it in the most unblowable situations. <laughs> it is like Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't, he doesn't do this. <laughs> I know this. I know this. I've I've felt this like as a fan. I've seen this as a fan from afar. Nah, bro. Nah. Remember uh, Isaiah came on here and I forgot. Oh, he was right. <laughs> he was right. He said, first of all, let me tell you two things about Glenn Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, you have no respect for this man. <laughs> oh, my. He said Lord. it in the most Isaiah way possible. In the most Isaiah. As Miami proceeded to disregard those boys. Dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, look, like, Milwaukee has the Dame Giannis thing, which I think is awesome. Do I think Pat Bev moves the needle for them? Maybe IQ-wise, emotionally-wise, you need a leader, right? Like, you does, need a guy, somebody. Something. I think it does something in terms of, like, Giannis, I'm not taking this from you right now, big dog. Yeah. I'm yeah. not taking this. He's their PJ. He's this year's PJ. That's all it is. Yeah. Right? Essentially. I think so. I just think at the end of the day, like my concerns with Milwaukee were never Dame or Giannis or anything like that. It's like, what am I getting out of like, I, I say this year after year and I, I feel like I always repeat myself, but it's like, I'm not getting anything more than I already have gotten from Brooke Lopez or Pat Connaughton or what is campaign still there? Like campaign. No, is he, he not there he anymore? He's he not there he anymore. They got him. You got flip for uh, Beverly. They got him up out of there. They said this is this is enough of administering. But, hey, uh, you know something that that does though that throws out. You know, I think losing Drew and not really, you know, you replaced him with Dame. But what Drew? They didn't replace what Drew brought to the team. So now having that point dog yeah. defender to replicate at least the presence that Drew had. Yeah, for sure. Because you're not getting that from Dame, but right. you still let Dame do what Dame does. And I think it does something. Also, I think Drew is shooting like 60% from the, the like left corner, like the corner three or something, which Pat Bev is yeah, definitely he's not. not being like looked upon the shot create. So yeah. it's like, now you're just letting me play and you're letting me take open shots and you let me play in an offense where the ball is like just a freaking hot potato. <laughs> also, like, I can hoop. Y'all I mean, don't want to let him run fives right now. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, Drew's no, out are. there just straight running fives. They are, dude. And I and I mean, not not to go to Boston because I want to stay with Milwaukee for one more second, too. Like, I remember the whole, like, a couple years ago, three, four years ago, it was like Chris Middleton goes from, like, being the worst player on the floor to, like, prime Michael Jordan. And, like, you are here, like, in that, in that like, you know, that meme format, right? I think Chris is washed, dude. I don't think, you know, you know how sometimes they're like, you got to dig deep for greatness. He's dug enough, dude. There's nothing. I really don't think you're going to get more out of Chris Middleton than what you've seen in the last three years. And I think that's going to like, unfortunately, that that's a step in area for them to address in the offseason. Can I package 
Pat Bev and Chris Middleton and get like a reliable guy to pair with this like trio or like to pair for like a trio. You know what I mean? Or like, what can I get? Because I think Middleton's kind of on the decline. That's no disrespect to Middleton because he got buckets when he was on fire. Like, I'm not saying anything about him. I just think it, he looks, it doesn't look right. What we've seen for so some far reason. has been troublesome. They've taken the pressure off of him, you know, bringing it and, in. And the and... problem is we see, like you just talked about, you said it's troubling. We shouldn't, we shouldn't see and feel the decline as much as we do. Yeah. Like, like I can't disagree with shit. And like, that's what kind of hurts me because do I believe, let's say that they do go to the finals, even if, even if they don't win, let's say they do go to the finals along the way. Do I believe there will be a Chris Middleton game? Where it's a it's a vintage fourth quarter, Dame is in foul trouble or whatever the, whatever the case may be. We need Chris to go get back to back buckets, and he does it. I can see something like that, but I mean, when Shiv said it, 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 he's he's washed, I'm sustainable. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but I'm looking at it like, dog, we're scraping the bottom of the ice cream bucket. Like at this <laughs> point, like I do believe in a couple of years we will look back at Chris Middleton and be like, you're averaging eleven. It's an afterthought at this point. Yeah, like yeah, yeah no, you, I mean, you it's know. Important. You know the discourse we've had about Bradley Beal, for example, but it's like, yo, get that's my three. Give me Beal. Sorry, all right, now enough on Chris. We we rooting for you. <laughs> sure, shout out no, definitely, definitely. I know, you, right, you said right, it before. Right. He was a bucket. We know what it is. Yeah, I mean, all the time, he, always. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's just sad though. They they I think that that's gonna end up ultimately hurting their chance in the East. I don't know what's good with Embiid. I don't know what the timeline is. But I did like the acquisition of Buddy Hield. I do like it a lot. I think I watched, I watched him the other night. Buddy's weight for one, the United Center has an energy that's that's pretty different than there's few arenas in the NBA that have it. Yeah, and he's one to where he is fearless when it comes to like somebody get us going, dude. And um, they'll embrace him fully. Now, so what we've been getting at? So as a Pacer fan. As a Pacer fan, I'll give you one quick story. He was talking to Tyrese Halliburton's dad after one of the games. And T. Howe's dad, and I'm happy Shiv knows, T. Howe's dad told him, I don't know what the hell you're doing and why you're in your head so much. We need you to shoot the ball. Like, you're here for one reason, one reason only. Shoot the damn ball. And upon tip-off of the next game, Buddy miraculously ended up getting the ball, turned around, no dribble, just shot it. And he cashed it. It was right in front of T. Howe's dad. Like you said about that no fear point, you're listening to who? Like, and I'm I can only imagine what Rick Carlisle thought on the sideline, but we do want you to shoot. So it, I hope he gets the green light in, in Philly, and I hope he puts up 50 at some point. I do, I really do. He's a flamethrower. Uh, first person accounts of what this man was like at Oklahoma, dude. I'll never forget so that say game. No, say no more about I'll never forget that game. player of the year status. So it seems like we've got Philly. I mean, uh, we've got Milwaukee on. Hey, y'all, y'all are uh, y'all are in the spotlight, but is the spotlight going to be too bright for you? Um, Philly, I am healthy scratching Philly because I've watched some games without Embiid, and I've never so just you know personal preference. I Maxie's terrific. He's not one of my personal favorites, so that's going to even show my hand in terms of what I was about to say. But I've seen some of these games post and beat where it's like, yo, where's Maxi out there? He also did just get 50. I know, like 
just a couple weeks ago. But I think without the the duo effect, he is very um he's very stoppable in terms of just being a world beater. You know, Brunson, for example, has emerged as you're gonna yo problem. So Milwaukee's there. We know Boston's there. I think that rounding out the East in terms of contenders, um, I'm I'm pushing Philly down. Right in this moment, I'm pushing Miami down. I'm in I'm 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 definitely lifting Indiana as a possible conference final contender this year. And it's so funny that without being asked Terrell's first story about the, the Pacers involved, like Tyrese Halliburton's dad, because something about like him and that team gives off like overperforming varsity high school team where like the best player's dad like knows everybody and is like mad cool. And it's like, like AAU vibes. It's like very yeah, AAU. Yeah, gives very constructive criticism to the team. <laughs> but I I think that I think they'll be dealt with. I think they'll be heard, you know, heard from. You know what? Give me Orlando. I like that a lot. Orlando. I like it. Or Orlando's, you know, bubble with me. If they can sort of. I'm know, a big believer in Orlando. I, know. I think if you Same. get them, Same. if you get them in a playoff series, like if you're Philly and you get them in a playoff series, mm-hmm. or if you're like, you know, Indiana, or God forbid, if you're like Miami and you get them in a playoff series, dude, Paul well, is not going is- out like that. Follow is not you know, going you know what vibe I get from them? Go ahead, talk to me. Go right after, but you know who's waiting for him is your boys in Boston 1 8. And it's funny, yeah. it's funny that you just said it too, because the vibe that they give me is that early 2010, 2011 Philadelphia team with the young Drew, the young Thad, uh young, the young Jody Meeks. That's the feel I get from Orlando where nobody that year was picking them against Derrick Rose's Chicago Bulls, right? Even when Derrick Rose went down, the Bulls probably still should have won that series. But it, it went the way that it went. And that's kind of overall the, the feeling that I get from them. I don't get – I mean, hell, you could probably even go Michael Carter-Williams, Philadelphia team, that rookie of the year season. I'm just – I get something, like you said before, where if they do take game two in Boston – it may shock certain people and there may be some basketball heads that are like, we're not surprised. They're probably going to get one more and then that's it. So it, right. it, it wouldn't be too much now, of a shock. Get a the thing that, yeah, but right now, for instance, for as far as me being a Pacer fan, right at heart, uh, I would love to do exactly what you just did and through and throw us in the conference finals. We can't stop a nosebleed certain nights. And that's not what you want when you got a person like Jalen Brunson away from you. Jalen will go for 40. Like, this will be Jamal yeah, Murray, Donovan Mitchell. Right. If we if we draw the Knicks in round one, I could see Jalen Brunson going for 40-plus twice and averaging 35. Like, it's, it's just nothing we can do with him. And I think it's just one of those things to where the East is one of those – it's always been this way, I feel like. But um, it didn't always get the credit it's deserved. But all the scoring was out west. You would have the hundred, the hundred and two to one hundred uh, and one games in the west. 
you get to the East and it's 87, 78. And it's like, how did, how did this work? And for me, that's when the Pacers were at their best. It's been amazing to watch what Indiana's doing this year. That's not the way Indiana has ever really been successful in the postseason, trying to outscore you. That's just not what the Pacers do. So for me, the one feeling that you guys had about the Clippers, I have about Boston this year. I'm looking at Boston and I'm like, hey, dog, from top to bottom, I don't see an excuse. I don't see a reason. Aside from Joe Mazzula, like feeling like his original game plan was the one. So he refuses to make adjustments. But like aside from that, this this Boston Celtics team is one. And this team should should be hoisting the Larry O'Brien at the end of the year. Well, so that's why, like, I wanted to talk about yesterday's game. Because yesterday, Boston goes on a run. They're up double digits, right? And then Miami does what Miami does. They muck the game up, grabbing, scratching, clawing, right? Like, doing the Miami thing. Now, they, hold on. Did they lose yesterday to Miami? No. They let them no. come back and get it? No. All right, good. I don't know. Um, so, like, that that's why the whole Duncan Robinson, Jalen Brown thing is awesome. Because we talk about this about Boston a lot, Daryl. We're like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have no fuck you to them. Where they're just like nice guys. They're gonna dap you up after the game. Let's get dinner. Here's Deuce. Come take a picture, jersey swap, you know, yada, 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 right? Yesterday, Duncan Robinson is draped over Jalen Brown. And we know how like shooters are that run around the perimeter. They, they rip Hamilton, they grow out their nails, they scratch you, you know, they're tugging on you. And Jalen Brown just had enough of it and just shoves him. Like I've never seen that reaction out of Jalen Brown in my entire life. Where Things he just that like, I want to see from that team. And Jalen, and in the post-game press conference, Jalen was like, I know, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure he won't do that again. I've never heard Jalen Brown act like, no, I'm serious. Like he is never on that type of time ever, right? And Chris Dabbs, Porzingis was even like, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of liked it when Jalen did that. It got the crowd involved. Like it just like added a different dimension to the team. Like if that's the way it that, is. That's, like, that's the Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. Yeah, it was that moment. And it was like Jalen knew what he was doing and he was going to get a tech for it. But it was just one of those things where it's like, you're not better than me. I'm going to push you if you keep trying me. Like, I can beat you, like, in a fight. If you want to, like, get to it and we got to put hands up, like, I'm pretty confident that Jalen Brown's winning that fight, right? And Duncan Robinson still did the thing where, you know, they had to separate the teams. Then Duncan came back after and started making his sly comments. But that's one of those things where it was like, that was such a, you know, we're, we're days away from the all-star game and Jalen Brown's like so locked into the season. He's about to compete in the dunk contest, but he's so locked in that moment. Right. And that's like the sign of a great team. They could have easily lost that game. They could have easily folded Tyler hero hitting four or five threes or whatever it was in the fourth quarter. And they didn't. Shiv, you, you actually, you actually just brought up a great point. And to be honest, that's what Pat Bev said about Toronto when the season first started, right? He said, no dogs. He said, they're all pups. He said, at some yeah. point, they may be dogs, yeah, I remember. pups. And for instance, when I look at Boston, that's kind of what I get. Yeah. And the one caveat that I will say is if you don't have any dogs in your locker room, like in, 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 in a in uniform in your yeah. locker room, for instance, Al Horford, right? When Al Horford's sister went to Twitter that time and was like, I've seen that look before. <laughs> That's when I knew Milwaukee was in trouble. With all yeah. due respect to Al Horford, that no, no. can't be your tough guy. With all that due just respect. can't be. Now I believe him. Now here's the thing: he can he's be like a tough guy. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like he can be the tough guy, and he's done it before. But the issue is, we look at Al now, especially, bro. That's the vet. Like that's the old man vet, and he doesn't yeah. give you again. With all due respect, he doesn't right. give you right. Udonis Haslam, old school vet. 
if yeah. I'm a big man and UD is in the game, I'm like, dog, I'm getting clotheslined. I know what he's in here for. You don't get that from Al Horford. So yeah. the only time I ever see teams survive that is when your coach is a dog. So when mm-hmm. you just said that JB went and got that tech and you yeah. knew what he was going to get, yeah. I've talked to Ed Azam from Westchester High School mm-hmm. and Lindy LaRock from the UNLV Lady Rebels. And those are two people that I've brought up plenty of times where I'll be like, and Becky, you got that tech and on Becky. purpose. Huh? Plenty, plenty and Becky, plenty of times. And Becky, where wow. you'll be like, you got that tech on purpose, huh? And they'll smile. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody needed to wake up. If I got to take that, then that's fine. Like, that's that's cool. Right. And and I don't know if Joe gives me that. That's Joey the only doesn't. thing. Like, if JB, if mm. JB turns into that dog, maybe yeah. that's what hits the switch for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. th- th- that is, uh, that that makes me remember that you went down 03 and you had no business being down 03 to Miami. And we, um, we did not. But also, they ran that BSO. Now they can't run that shit anymore. And now look at what happens. <laughs> we swept them. And now we sweep Porzingis. them. Dude, first of all, like I don't know how you can get away with running zone in the NBA. Like word to uh, I gotta I gotta stop shit before he goes before he before he <laughs> I do this rant at least minutes. twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> this happens twice a week. Shout out to Jim Beheim for the zone though. Pioneer, pioneer of the game. <laughs> pioneer of the game. This ain't college though. Play now I want to have this conversation because we're talking about Boston, and we'll save this for another day because we'll have to deep dive it a little bit more. We talked about New York is a different team with OG Ananobi. They are a different team. Speaking of a with, dog. Speaking of a dog. They're different. Um, and they're also just a different team with embracing Brunson as their leader. DiVincenzo's been going crazy. Randall's going to rest up and ideally come back in time for the playoffs full steam ahead because they have – they have that seating locked up right now because they've been playing so so good. Precious Josh Achua, Hart is Shiv, Shiv, I told you they needed Precious Achua, Precious Achua to amount to something in the front court with the loss of Mitchell Robinson. You're seeing that high motor that he brings along with Hardenstein playing. So New York, stamp, they're going to be dealt with. Like Cleveland, it. they're good. They've Why? got a they're they're on redemption watch from last postseason because they went out real sad. And they fought the injury bug this so far this year. We don't know if like Donovan Mitchell is happy there. Um, I think that similar to Sacramento, my comments on them, I think that there's a little too much sameness on on their roster for them to have to for them to get over any hump right now too. And we you know mentioned that Orlando is going to be frisky, and I I don't know if Chicago still has an outside shot at anything, but. That, that sort of is the Eastern Conference in a nutshell. I want to talk MVP because, ah, man, I'm actually torn. I forgot. So I said that Shea is sort of my favorite. But Terrell, I don't think Jokic is getting it because of the resurgence of Jamal Murray and the nucleus being intact and Michael Malone getting his credit and the, the system. And once you get two, the voters ain't going to just give you a third. Um, right. I don't think it's Giannis. Could be. You can make the argument, but with the addition of, you know, Dame, he kind of gets the Steph Curry snub of, ah, well, we can't give you this one. Um, Why is JT not the MVP? 
I can't I can't necessarily answer that question. I can answer why he is not perceived as the MVP. It's for every reason we kind of just talked about before. That is a complete team. That is a team that you look at from top to bottom and you say they have a piece for this. They have a piece for this. Well, if you have an answer for this, their counteraction is this. You Again, the question probably that you have about Boston is their head coach. That's probably the question. And then, honestly, if it gets that bad, your questions might be about Brad Stevens. Like, the, the questions that you have if this goes left for Boston, it won't be those players in the locker room. So because of that, I don't believe any of them will get any significant contribution – or not uh, contribution, excuse me, accolade – uh, for their contributions. That's just my humble opinion. And also, I think if you're just talking about, again, what that award means, and I know it's, get, it's getting kind of murky, especially over the last couple of years, but I would like for that to get back to what it truly means, right? And being the most valuable player. So what that means is if a team is a third or is a three or a four seed and they wouldn't have made the postseason without their star, I think it deserves to be praised. I have Shea as my number one. I told you the moment Joel went down, especially after the last week or two, Jalen Brunson's number two for me. I don't care where the Knicks end up. There. I like it. I like it. I mean, you asked the question. You asked a good question. Why is JT not MVP? Have you heard of Hennessy? Have you heard of Smirnoff? Have you heard of people just being drunk? No. Um, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> he he unfortunately, um, you know, he's one of the rare cases where he's talented enough to win MVP, but because the guys in the front office did their job and put like a real team around him, it's he's never gonna win it as a result. Like now, it, I think uh... he's the best player on the best team in the league right now. And usually that's what gets it done. And usually that's who it goes to, right? But But I I think that we did in recent years shift towards what you were just referencing, Terrell, in terms of like, let's highlight the the unicorn season or the storyline that is best. Not just that. It has to match exceptional play. But I think that the Russell MVP, the Harden MVP, and then the Jokic MVP, you know, we started rewarding the players for just one of one seasons. But uh, so for ref, you know, what Jason Tatum is doing right now, it's a, it's a, you know, decade of the two thousands level MVP, like in broad daylight, like this is Kobe in 08 or 07, whichever the MVP season was. This is, I looked it up. LeBron got four MVPs in a six-year span, two in Cleveland, and he also got two. He got one in 2012 and one in 2013 with Miami. There's no debating that, you know, Miami in those Heat MVP, LeBron MVP seasons had the most stacked roster in terms of, you know, star power. And then, hey, once they started fleshing out with, with Ray Allen and Batty and all these guys, real, real, real rosters. It wasn't a knock on LeBron winning the MVP because he also didn't put forth his best statistical seasons because he's playing next to greats. But we right. didn't knock him for playing next to greats. It's, all, it's also a reason why he probably never got any others. But, dog, he is deserving because he is the driving – he is the top of the food chain on that team in terms of consistency, statistical output. We are missing those moments of – 
you know, deciding game winners, viral moments, you know, posters, blah. You want to know? You want you want you want a clip worthy? Hopefully, a clip worthy. Uh, back and forth real quick. Go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask me that question again. Why is JT not an MVP? Uh, or not the MVP? Tell me why Jason Tatum is not the MVP. It's just not the sexy. It's not the sexy pick. It's just not. It's just not the sexy choice. Like Boston is not a team that, like you said before, we're not. We're looking at OKC. We're hell. We're looking at Minnesota. We're looking at all these other storylines. You look at Boston and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there. Like, yeah, we know that. And you look at a person like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hell, you look at a Luka Doncic. It's even better and even sexier of a pick to have three straight international MVPs. That'll happen before Jason Tatum gets one. Whether it's fair, uh, you 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 go ahead and come up with that. But I, I, I the way that this league looks, it just appears, like you said before, it appears that it's it's headed in the direction of sensationalism in a weird way man yeah i think we're gonna wrap it because we we've been we've been setting fire to the booth for a minute now and i think we just lost shit um but i so for one i do agree what shay is doing right now remarkable me you and i talked about the fiba world cup extensively and we paid attention to those games in my synopsis, and I have tweets that that, sh- that will reinforce it. I said Shea Gilgis Alexander is playing like a ninety-nine overall right now. It looks way too easy, and that is translated. He, you know, built that confidence playing in the league, and it's translated right back over into this season again. And then you also look at that he's leading the league in steals, and has this young locker room at the top of the Western Conference. No, no small feat. So I think that that probably will be rewarded. I think it's deserved. I think it's, you know, I just think that the fact that Tatum isn't even in the conversation enough publicly is like a lot of people missing what's what should be highlighted. Now you look at Halliburton as well, and, you know, he deserves some of that, say some of that Jalen Brunson rub in terms of just one man galvanizing the whole franchise and putting them in the postseason. And, you know, then we'll see what happens. But right now, so call it. You think it's going to go, I mean, yes, you think it's going to go to Shea? Because I right now I think, I, I kind of want to see it because I think he's earned it. Right. If I had That's to tell you who, happening. yeah, if I had to tell you who, I would say Shea is number one. It depends on what happens with Joel, but I think Joel and Joker are two and three, and I think Jalen Brunson is four. I do. I think Jalen Brunson is four only because I think that Nick purity, right? We had a moment last year during the postseason where we kind of looked around and was like, are the Knicks going to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, is this really about to happen? Like, we had that moment. And Jalen Brunson has successfully restored the feeling in New York. And I believe that, again, you talked about it before, with just different cities and different markets, people are penalized for that. And I believe it's going to be the exact opposite for Jalen Brunson. He won't win the award, but he will be. He will get a lot of love at the end of the season for what he's been able to do for that Nick, for that Nick group. Yeah, no, that, that, that fan base won't be quiet about it. 
and it's not um and they shouldn't yeah no and it's it's earned it's earned it definitely is i think i think joel is almost a lock to not hit the 65 game mark so yeah based on that timeline yeah i think he I think he was right up against it anyway right yeah um he, he ran out of sick days hey it's tough it's tough the working work. very good point very good point Oh, this was gas, bro. This was gas, man. There's more meat on the bone. We got All-Star break coming up. All-Star weekend in Indy. Seems like yeah, it's going to be a little entertaining. I- I- I'm intrigued. Um, I'm not trying see... to skip my Pacers by no means, but you know where it's at next year? I don't offhand. Um, hold on. No, where is it? Oh, I almost said it. It is at Ingle or is in Inglewood, California, at the new Intuit Dome next year. All stars in LA. Anything else for us, T man? Before we uh get out of here, bro, I appreciate it, man. This was money. No, man, I appreciate you. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys. Um, it's about time that we was able to run this three man weave, but I appreciate you guys as always. It's been a blast. We ran some- that was a cold threes. Uh, I'll let Shiv make sure he hears this part too. But uh, we didn't we didn't leave the court for about an hour, hour and some change. We, good we, minute, we a good minute. We ran some threes, man. Hey, like, follow, and subscribe as always. Don't be strangers. Uh, that's how you do fifty, man. That that was fifty right there. That was a fifty ball we put up collectively. I love it. It felt good. It felt good for sure. Yes, sir. There it is right there. Like I said, we'll, we'll get on here to talk off our weekend. Oh, man, I got a couple cool guests in the top that I'm looking forward to getting on here. It's going uh, to diversify the palette a little bit. So stay tuned for all of that. And, uh, man, enjoy not being as busy as you were during Super Bowl week. Oh my god, bro. Oh my god. I will say shout out to the league for that. Definitely shout out to the league for that. That that media party was um yeah, that was they did that. <laughs> shout out to them. They did that. You you realize how we we say that the NFL is king in terms of these these four professional sports right in North America. This week, if you were out here, you felt it. But if you were not out here, this week most definitely proved it. Hundred percent, I agree. The uh, the all hands on deck feeling is different, and a soundbite that I pulled from Mark Davis uh, for a newscast after we talked to Chris Matthews, uh, what he referred to the Super Bowl as was the NFL's most valuable asset, and we felt that. We felt that for sure this past week. Indeed. That is that on that. Episode 51 is going to be here before you know it. And until that drops, y'all be easy. Till next time.